Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a while. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. My name is Andy Ashcraft, your guest host, and our guest guest is none other than stand-up legend Jackie Cation. Stand-up legend. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> welcome to my show. It's a very special Dork Forest. It is a very special Dork Forest. And uh, before we get into it, I do need to say these few things. Uh, please visit us at www.jackiecation.com or dorkforest.com. There's a donate button or you can order some stuff like t-shirts and, uh, and CDs. And either way, you get a free magnet. That's right. Free magnet. <laughs> Our credits, audio by Patrick Brady, the song, intro song by Mike Rickberg, and Vilmosta handles the website stuff. He does. Well done. Well done. Thank you very much. Here we are, very special, The Dork Forest. So I understand you have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Wow, this got super meta, super fast. <laughs> instantly, instantly meta. Instantly dorky. I do have a, dor- uh, a podcast called The Dork Forest. People can, can listen to it on iTunes. If they want to, they could review it if they wanted to. Oh, yeah? That's supposed to be good for it. A good review. A good review. There's apps. There's a Dork Forest uh, podcast app for the iPhone or the Android. You know, the question I get most when I tell people about you doing this podcast thing is, so is there any money in it? Oh, well, there, no, no, there's no real, no, not really. Uh, there is, there, people are very nice and they donate, uh, this, all of this equipment, which those is, cashews that we're about to enjoy. Ooh. Uh, they, <laughs> they are provided by donations, uh, from listeners just like you. Actually, not just like you, because you're my husband and, uh, you're right, right, donating I, much more than just. I donate time. You do. More than you, anything. And support. I feel like, you know how I feel like? I feel like, um, uh, uh, oh shoot! Now I'm gonna mind block her name, but the the cooking woman, her husband, Paula Dean. Nope. Nope. Older. Older. French. Julia Child. Julia Child's husband. Yes. I feel like Julia Child's husband sometimes. Uh, Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci. If I ever if I grew up to be Stanley Tucci, I wouldn't mind too mad too no. too much. It's no. a, it's a perfectly fine thing to grow up to be. But I often feel like that when you're here, you're doing your your podcast, and if I'm here, then I go and I sort of. I, I I disappear into the background a little bit. I know. I, I'm wondering though, right. which is our. You don't you don't actually stay in the room. I've, we've had some people sit and be guests. Like, I hey, think I did it once. My girlfriend's in town. Can I come and just? Can she just come and sit in the uh, in the living room? And I'm like, <laughs> she can, but uh, it's gonna be. I wish I had a fourth mic. Is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're gonna invite somebody over, it seems rude not to include them in the conversation. Right. Right. And and. Your podcast has been gaining some steam. A little bit. Of, yeah, people are pe- people should think to themselves, I was in. I, I was in the early days. All right. And because uh, it's about to blow the fuck up. Right on. I have no idea. It's, well, uh, well you, know, you never know. What's the that's overnight success? Yeah, overnight Cation, success. 27 years. years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been doing this podcast for what, five years now? Six. Six years. Hello. All right. That's right. So, um, you actually, um, I was a dork before I met you, Andy Ashcraft. It's true. But I have brought you... You uh, have released the hounds of inner dorkdom. <laughs> well, there were th- there were certain things that you just hadn't yet been exposed to. True. There and, were parts of the forest that were... you were primed. Were... <laughs> you, were, you were right there. You were, you were just on the other side of the fence. I just had to show you. Hey, look. Look at this thing. Wow. I've, you've never seen 
pen and paper tabletop role-playing games, have you? Right. And 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 I had not. I had not. And then I am now, I think I'm a 15th level rogue. I think, I think so. In the uh, in the Eberron 3.5. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to run that tomorrow. That's right. That's uh, that game Which gets I'm run once excited. a month. Well, I try, but, uh, but you've been very busy. You work. You're working right now over at Disney Mobile. That's right. And, There's uh, that car. But this isn't about me. <laughs> He's like, let's not let's talk about him in the third person, just me and myself. He's like, let's, let's not talk, talk about, about my you. job. You're the guest guest. I am the guest guest. We could talk about my dorkdom, except for that people should go and get that Cars 2 game for their iPads. They should. They should. Because and it, they should go and buy the, the toy cars to go along with it. Because the Cars 2 game is free. All your free. fine retailers. Right. The app is free uh, from That's the right. App Store, and it's called like... It's Cars App Mates, I think is the App Mates. Okay, app mates. because it's a and it's a little car that you put on the frickin' iPad. That's you, right. I I can't tell you how hard it's been for me to keep it a secret. Me for, too. For and, many months. And only in the last few days have I been able to talk about it, and it's kind of great because it is great because there's you, know, you get a toy car and you put it on the frickin' iPad and you drive it. I, I worked on some cool stuff in my career, and this is probably the coolest thing that I've ever worked on. It's certainly the most innovative. Right, in as far as interactive, like, interactive, like how you how you interact with the device, how uh, uh, um, the, the business DM- model for the whole thing is is brand new. Nobody's ever done this before. Is that because of Pixar or because of Disney? Do you think? Or oh, it's because nobody's just because nobody's done it. Nobody's, oh, because the, because the, the the game is free, right? And, and there and is you, a there's a paper car that you could play with if you wanted to, right? That's to right. learn it's, how to do we it. We call it the 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 quote paper paper car but it's it's in the it's in the game it's not actually made out of paper oh right right yeah <laughs> right what i my favorite thing yesterday you said was that uh the kids were the only ones who weren't impressed <laughs> tiny yeah, children yeah we've in our tests we you know everybody we show it to who is an adult and understands technology they they we show them what we've done and they're like holy holy smokes is that is that really a thing and we're right like, yes it's it's really there and this is exactly what's going on and the kids they just like Oh yeah, this is exactly what it's supposed to do. I don't understand why my other cars don't do this. Why? Right, well, this is the first time that their 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 cars, you know, in their heads, all of their cars are come Should to be life able to... and, and <laughs> live in the world, and that's exactly what's happening on this iPad, and it's no different to them whatsoever. Right? And they're just like, <laughs> yeah. What else is there? I'm bored now. There's only. What do you mean? There's but, only four cars. But I need it's, seven it's more. cool, and I think that uh, I, I think that that the kids are going to really dig it. Oh my God, they're going to so dig it because it'll finally work like they it works in their heads. Exactly. That's, exactly. I love the little bastards are like, yeah. And I can't wait to get, um, uh, you know, feedback in terms of like, what are they doing? How are they playing with it? Oh, right. And that'll be great, too. Oh, cool. So. But um, anyways, enough of that. Enough about you. Enough of that. I enough think, about the awesome. I thank you for your support because you're very sweet. I am very sweet. And so are you. You are very sweet. So and you're also like. Don't no, overdo it. I think you would. <laughs> and dangerous. My apologies. There we go. And uh, but I but you're like no no you might enjoy this as you lead me lead me forward. That's it's right. Like, I never played board games before I met you and because now, uh, I'm the full of board games. Closet full of board games because I was so proud of was, you when you uh, when you brought home your first board game <laughs> that, that I went out and found, purchased and that found you, that you found on your own. You went you, you heard about it. You you discovered it on your own. You went out and, and found a copy. You brought it home and said, "Hey, let's play this." And it was Pandemic, and it's excellent. It's an excellent game. That's one of my. So I love Pandemic. I love that Lord of the Rings. Um, I love a cooperative game where you play against. I play too many games where it's. 
the what you call sibling rules, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. oh, you forgot to pick up your two hundred dollars when you pass go, you don't get it then. Right. Oh, sorry. No, I've already moved on. You don't get to charge me rent. Right. You're like, no, no, we're playing a game. Let's play the damn game or not play the game. Well, and and sadly, all of these games are the are the games that. The, like these super common games you find in all of every Toys R Us in the world. Right. And it's they're awful games. They're literally just awful. The, oh, um, the board games? I mean, Monopoly. Monopoly is a terrible game. It wasn't even meant to be fun. I mean, literally, it was not designed to be fun. It was designed to be a... Who, now, who designed it? Uh, this economist. An economist designed it? Yeah, to show, to show people why Monopolies are bad. Oh, and, really? And the thing is, when you win the game... Right. When one person has all of the money. <laughs> right. The you point have, of that is you have now destroyed the economy. You've destroyed every the time somebody every time you, you knock somebody out of the game. Right. That's 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 somebody who's no longer playing in the economy. That's somebody who's no longer involved. Right. And so what they are is they are either dead or leeching off of I don't know. Well, they've probably gone and, and they've oh, life of crime. Life of crime, exactly. They've gone to the black market. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're now dealing drugs or or selling themselves on the on the street corner or whatever. Man, man. so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you so, know that little shoe. So, so that when, little shoe when, has needs, right? Right. You know what that shoe needs socks. And but it's it's <laughs> the weird thing is is that 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 so it genuinely was invented as a warning. Yes. And and now people will try to play it for fun. And they're like, and, and then wonder why they're, <laughs> and then they'll wonder why they're not having a good time. Right. The right. only people and, who have a good time playing that game are people who want to boss everybody and are like, well, now I win. Now look at me. Look at me. I win. And that was my sister Darla, who is a much better person today than she was at nine. Let's just say that about all of aren't, us. Aren't we all? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I know I am. Holy smokes. <laughs> nine was not a good year. Man. Nine is a kind of a grumpy, grumpy year for children. Nine-year-olds are assholes. They are assholes. That's what it is. It's jackassery, and it isn't okay. No, it's and not okay. That's why Monopoly is good for nine-year-olds, because they're like, well, I'm going to win. I'm going to win it all, and it's all going to be mine. Mine, mine, mine. What other games that are... Oh, the Game oh, of like, Life? Game of Life is, is not... Is not- it's not exciting. that bad, it's not but it's that, boring. It's not as bad as Monopoly. Monopoly is really the worst. These, are, these, are, these were at least games that were designed to be fun, but they're just not very good games, and there's a lot better board games now than... Hogwarts Clue is much, much better than yes. regular Clue. Although Clue is a pretty good game, I have to say. I'm terrible at Clue. I liked Hogwarts Clue better just because more things are happening, like there's more secret staircases. Yeah, it's they've done a nice job with it. Yeah. And Lord of the Rings Risk is much better than the original Risk. Original Risk, Risk just because it's finite. Right. God and they've bless started, like, like Risk. Thank, thankfully, I think Parker Brothers is, is does Risk, but they they realize that the basic game is not as great as it could be. Right. And so have begun uh, creating new Risk variants and publishing new Risk variants, and they're all very good. Right. There's very few games, board games that you've introduced me to that I didn't like, or that not you've introduced me to, but that we've ended up playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like... Um, I don't like Axis and Allies. I like it, but it's too much. Right. It's a little too simulated. It's, I mean, I might as well, in real time, <laughs> try to walk across the earth, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what, it's, what it's great for is, uh, if you're teaching a class in, in say, um, Strategy in high school, or, in okay. high school, about World War II. Okay. You know, it might be a great learning tool. To like show you the the flow of 
Because right. it, it generally it generally follows the real flow of World War II. That's what it was meant to do. It was meant to sort of... Which is why it takes six years for it to be... Exactly. End. It takes six years for it to play through and... and it starts you know, in 1938. And in 1941, I believe... Was it 41 or 42 that we bailed on that game? I think it was 42. It was 42 when we were playing with... Uh, with Chris Mancini and Graham Elwood, both... Friends of the friends of the show. Friends of the show and with their own podcast, Comedy Film Nerds. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we were playing with them, and Neil Weekly, I think, was playing as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it was we just... played. We played for like four or six hours, and we played through the first two years. Now, granted, we were all learning the game, so it would have gone faster the next time we played. Oh, but... that's right. There was that other game that that Angel gave us. Oh yeah, the Hell game. The Hell game, which had was like the levels of hell. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a really interesting game. I actually want to play that again. Right. Because well, it took we us an, really get a it took us an hour and a half to set it up, and then luckily someone won in forty five minutes, and that yeah. someone was not me. Yeah, it was. Which also helps in a it board was game. Some strange, fluky rule that allowed somebody to, to win, like on the second turn. Right. And... right. Somebody found the ring. Exactly. <laughs> and then it was over. <laughs> and so it's yeah. So like I played video games all through ju- all through ho- college, mm-hmm. and I just played uprights though. I played, um, and well, it was... That's, that's, I mean, that's where the action was in the late 80s. Oh, it was the early oh, 80s. Shoot. Oh, shoot. I've just outed your age. <laughs> yes, yes. That's right, because everyone thinks I'm 12. So here's the thing, though, is, well, let's, let's go back. Let's go back in time to uh, what really I first, my first video game experience was because I took a class in high school called Biking and Bowling. And I thought Biking and Bowling... <laughs> Or you would get to bowl from the bike like polo. And wouldn't that have been awesome? I could see a lot of crushed kneecaps that way. <laughs> That's why at South Milwaukee uh, Go Rockets uh, High School decided not to have it that. It was instead bike to the bowling alley, bowl, bike back to school. Well, that's perfectly fun. It was perfectly fun. I did not have a bike. I had to borrow my sister's bike. And one time I forgot to lock it, and she stole it from myself. She, like, came to check on her bike. Oh, the, she had one, bought it with the her... one day that you didn't lock it was the one day she came to check on yep, it. Yep, yep. And she was like... Methinks you probably forgot to lock it more than once. Why must we judge? <laughs> <laughs> Very possible that I didn't lock it more than once. But I didn't... It was funny because um, she had bought it. You know, it was a big deal. It was her bike. and um, And she was like... Yeah, you can't borrow it anymore. So I had to, luckily, these people I babysat for had an old bike that they sold me. 72 Lime Green Sears 10-speed. Nice. It was a sweet bike, quite honestly. The gears switched by themselves, which was well, uh, just a perk. But uh, it was a lot. But but it was a great... So an automatic. It was a, it was an automatic. <laughs> it was, And so we would ride to the bowling alley, and then I was a terrible bowler. I was never good at bowling, and they had video games, and I had only ever really saw Pong, and we didn't have a computer at home, and so, I mean, I was like, what is this? They had Gorf. They had Galaga, which I loved, and Pac-Man, and Ms. Pac-Man. Sure. And then they had Gorf, and Gorf is all of them, is all of them together. Oh, right. Yeah, and then, and then I went to college, and college had... It was a bad first year. It was the first time I had any money in my life because I had all this student loan money. You had all this money and no... And, and no, no adult supervision. Adult supervision. <laughs> I was 18. I don't count that as my own adult supervision. So 70 bucks a week. 70 bucks a week on video games I was spending. That's a lot of video games because they were still a quarter then. They were a quarter and I got very, very good at them. Uh, and then uh, I, I met a guy who was like working at the arcade and he had had to drop out of school. 
because he had spent all of his student loan money on video games. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there is a word of warning. Why don't I stop doing that? Mm-hmm. But I played, um, it was when Dragon's Lair came out. Was that Dragon's Lair? Yep. Is that what I'm thinking of? Mm-hmm. The one, the first laser disc? Yeah. That was, uh, so like I was really good at like sort of girl games. I mean, in high school it was Donkey Kong and, um, I love Donkey Kong so much. And Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man I, mean, I was good at. It's, it's strange that you consider those girl games, because really only Ms. Pac-Man was, was the one really aimed at girls. Everything else was aimed at boys. They were aimed at boys, but... but and boys played them. And Ms. Pac-Man was actually a better game than Pac-Man. Oh, I mean, they such had, a better... It was so much more interesting. Yeah, they did a much better... They, they learned from Pac-Man, and then, you know, yeah. all the great... All the great lessons learned from Pac-Man they put in Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, because, I mean, it's still had all the great fun that Pac-Man was, but Ms. Pac-Man, you know, I like that it had an arc. And then, and then, you know what I didn't like, though, is uh, the Pac-Man pinball crossover. Did you ever play that? No. Oh, it was terrible. It was like a, it was a, it was a pinball game. And then if I have you. a vague memory of this, but no. If you, if you, if you made the pinball machine do a certain thing, you got, there was also an additional joystick and then you got to play Pac-Man up on the screen. Oh, okay. But it was too far away because you were used to, you know, nearsighted, super close to the screen. <laughs> <Right>. and, uh, <laughs> and so I was never very good. It was just a pain in my ass. Eyes <laughs> six inches away from the screen. Right. Yeah. And so. Yeah, so there was no, yeah, so those were the games that I played all through, through high school. I mean, high school and college. And then, and I was really good. I was pretty good at them. And my, my friends did make fun of me. I mean, it was like a dorky kind of thing. But, and I wondered, cause I don't know, they were all into sports. It was back when, uh, when, when girls could be in sports. Like for the first time, for the first time in college, it was back in the 12th century. So like they were all like, like I had one friend who was on the rowing team, and then um, I think she got hit on too much. She genuinely got hit on too much and had to stop being on the rowing team. Oh, because it's a it was a boat full of lesbians. It was it was incredibly lesbian heavy, and she couldn't take it. Like huh. it was very, it was kind of intense. It was kind of, 1984 was kind of intense with the, we are going to own our lesbianism. And, and we're going to show this by going out for rowing. We're going to go out, we're going to go out for rowing and you are out for rowing. So you must be a lesbian. It was like, it's super intense. And she's she not. And she was, she is not. And so she was like, I actually can't hang out with you guys anymore. I'm going to have to just well, start a solo activity. They actually created homophobia. Right. There was, she, they, they created a little bit of homophobia in, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Elizabeth it, to this day is, uh, is slightly, well, that's a little interesting. Nervous. I think that's, I think, I think her experience may be, may be pretty unique. I don't know that many other people have been surrounded by so many lesbians. Right, right. And, and I don't think that it, it occurs anymore just because more people know, I mean, it's sort of, it's more know mainstream. That if you're going out for rowing, that you have to be a lesbian. Yeah. No, it's no. I think that more people are like everybody's more used to whatever. Oh, whatever sexuality you are, I don't care. I still don't care. Stop hitting on me. I don't care. Right. And it's so it's more. No means no. Yeah. W- which part of uh, no didn't you understand, madam? And <laughs> it was like that, you know. And so, but too much testosterone, I think. It was. It was all those wooden sticks. All this aggression. It was, um, I don't think rowing has a lot of aggression in it. Well, I think, I think all sports require a certain amount of aggression that certainly, right. certainly playing D&D does not. No, no. Oh my God. And then I and never, com- you know, at cooperative games where you play against the, the board, that's not, 
Well, That's not a, uh, a boatload of testosterone either. So Okay, so you invite me into your life, Andy yes, Ashcraft, sure. and you say, we're going to play, we're going over to my friend, the Adlers, and we're going to play board games. And I'm like, well, I don't like board games. and uh, But I don't say that out loud because we're dating. Sure. And uh, and so I go, <laughs> and I am introduced to the gateway drug, apples to apples. And now I am on board. You're on board. And we have used Apples to Apples as a gateway drug for, for other comedians, for other comics as well. <laughs> because it's a great game for comics because everybody gets three minutes. Everybody, you know, everybody gets a time when they're the green. So for for those people out there who have not played Apples to Apples, the game is simple. You have a card. You have a handful of cards that, that are, are nouns. nouns. And uh, the dealer deals a card that is a uh, that is an adjective. And everybody chooses the best noun from their hand to go with the adjective based on what they think the dealer is going to pick. Right. So it's very, very subjective. And then the subjective. dealer picks one, mm-hmm. not knowing whose card is whose. Right. And then somebody wins. And the somebody round. wins. And then, the, and then the dealer gets passed to the, you know, clockwise around the table. And that is, that is the, and it's a very simple game and it's an excellent game. And, uh, and I wish I designed it. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely a gateway drug. What I like is the things that all of your friends knew that I didn't know. There were so many things they knew, like you always go clockwise. Like, I didn't know that. I was like, what? And, do you, when you go you by not, turns? Yeah, I know which know way that. turns go. Uh, I don't know. I just never, it never came up because I never played games. But even, I'm even a lone the games wolf. that you, I'm you played as a Hubert. kid. Yeah. We didn't say we're going clockwise now. When no, I was... you just played clockwise. <laughs> it's just the normal way of play. Right. Um... I don't understand you sometimes. <laughs> well, I am inscrutable. You are inscrutable. I am. A, it's a, it's my um, it's my background. The Armenians. We've been known for our inscrutability and your anti-clockwise manners. <laughs> our anti-clockwise manners, smelling vaguely of Cold War, the Cold War, <laughs> and, uh, and fake Giorgio and fake Giorgio Cologne. That's your joke. That's my joke. We just well, we just fed it right into this conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then, then you asked me if I wanted to play D and D, and I. We distinctly remember asking you, so are, would we be outside? That's I right, because you thought it was you thought it was <laughs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt, throwing beanbags at each other in the woods and hitting right. each other with sticks. Right, and then which but it can be but right, it's but not. And, and then carrying dice around, and then for some reason at the root of a tree, rolling our dice, and then running. And I thought it was like playing army. Like when you're a kid and you play army, like that right. was the big thing I played when I was a kid. I played with the other kids and we'd play army or we'd play scream at each other around the house at night to scare each other. I mean, oh, my parents were very tolerant, quite honestly. They were very nice about the fact that... That's what... But kids are supposed to do that kind they're of stuff. They're loud. We were we the played, loud. We played hit each other with sticks after we saw Star Wars. We painted our sticks bright colors and hit each other with them. You didn't call it uh, lightsabers? You just called it, let's go play sticks? No, no. I mean, we were playing We were playing Star Wars. Sure. Oh, you're playing Star Wars. And, uh, I like that there's an... I watch, I want kids to have a name for it. Let's go play Dragon Ball Z. Uh, when I was a kid, when I babysat for young Cole Schuster, uh, he always wanted to play. It was like a mashup. He's like, let's play Star Wars Dragon Ball Z. And that it was a mashup where oh. he he had like ninja powers and could fly, but he was also, he wanted a stick. He, wa- <laughs> he also wanted to be a, a, a Jedi. A, a yeah. Jedi. Yes. yes. Why wouldn't you? Everybody Why? wants to be a Jedi. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Why right? wouldn't you? It's yeah, a, they're the best. It's a good one, and then uh, and then so when but but D and D, you help me make a character. You still help me make a character whenever we yes. play in a tabletop role playing game. Yes, because and, you're you're while you are you you are, are willing to jump right into a game. I you are am, not necessarily willing to jump right in to learn the rules. 
I do not want to. I do not <laughs> want to create a character sheet. There, the fact that your friends, who are now my friends, that are amazing human beings, will sit there and just read through D and D manuals or champions manuals. Phil and John and oh, yeah. Lee and those guys will just. Well, you know, I own these six books, and uh, well, this is. Let me check the. Uh, let me check the monster manual. And everybody owns all nine books, and That's everybody. Right. And some people have actually committed all of them to memory. Oh as my well, god! Which is yes, John impressive. Thompson, indeed, very and impressive. It's impressive. I can't do it. I I don't have the memory for it. I've got to have them on hand as reference. Right, but you know which book to look in. Generally speaking. Generally speaking, you know, you know the, and and. Are the books, the the D&D books and the Champions books and the the Pathfinder books and and all of this stuff, they have descriptions of different monsters and descriptions of different campaigns and stuff. And I just, when I picture those guys just sitting around going, let's just, let's just read through. Yeah, John, John, particularly, uh, friend of the show, friend John of the show, John Thompson, who I do want to have on because he was the IT guy for the Navy, which is hilarious to me. What, uh, what kind of job is that? The IT guy for the Navy. <laughs> One of many, I think. <laughs> but, uh, I know, I, he wasn't the, the, but, and the other thing about, but, John, that people should know about John Thompson though, is that John Thompson is like, I'm a dork chameleon. John Thompson, I know a little bit about a lot of things. John knows a lot about a lot of things. He does. He has a vast amount of information available to him at any given moment. About, I mean, he can go deep, deep into the Tolkien forest and then deep into like commodities brokers. Remember oh, yeah. my brother Scott? Oh, yeah. yeah going they had off a great about, conversation. I was like, because I get lost and Scott will say things like, you don't know. You don't know about commodities brokers. And I was like, no. No, and I don't want to. How about that? No, nothing? <laughs> that seems mean. I'll move on. <laughs> so anyway, but John will read them. Yes, yes. John, uh, and he and he will read them for fun. I mean, that's like a good time for him is to sit down and read through the, the next, you know. The, cover to cover. Cover to cover. Oh, yeah, straight through. And, and just start there in like Azeroth. And what is Azeroth's powers? <laughs> to exactly. uh, Zugul Right. That's a. That's gonna be my new character. That's the monster. It's a. It's a. uh, It's a cousin of the mind flayer. (laughs) (laughs) The mind flayer scared. Here's the thing: we're sitting down, and this has got to be seven years ago now. Once a month, we play Eberron 3.5 with 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 sort of a mashup. Right? It isn't a strict Eberron campaign. No. Well, here's the thing: I've never I've never run a game that I haven't tweaked the rules on a little bit. So because you're a game designer, so you're like I want to massage. Like first thing, I'm not a big fan of psionics in my in my in my fantasy games, which is mind reading or something. Mind reading and mind. There's there's a whole bunch of basically superpowers that the psionics opens up in these games, and I'm like, you know what? It's not fantasy if it's superheroes. Okay. I, I like a superhero game too. Right. And but, that should be a superhero game, and then not a fantasy game. So, so if you're running I'm the kind game, of a purist. no psionics, a, no psionics. So I so I had to take a, a a race out of it, and I and I replaced that race with the four armed Kalistar that you are now. I am. I'm a four armed Kalistar that can hug people really good because I have four arms. Hugging up, hugging down, hugging up, exactly. hugging down. Exactly. And then I, I uh, then I had to strip out. From from the Eberron background, the whole race of beings that were hunting down their original Kalistar, because they're all psionic too. Oh, okay. And then I replaced those with the Luminous. Oh, is that where the Luminous came in? The Luminous are the glowing. They're my um, 
they're my arch enemies. Whenever they come in, it's it's sort of like a disad. It's a disadvantage that I have if they are introduced into the conversation. I tend to go a little twitchy, and I'm well, like, your your people have been have been subjugated by them for 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 thousands of thousands of millennia. Yeah, there's a there's a genocide millennia thing happening, millennia. a millennia of millennia, where things are happening, and uh, so I do I do get kind of. But I love that you're. I love that you are dipped enough into the story now to like to like feel that. Right, right, and it's, that's the that's the awesome part about about running games is when the when the players really feel what's happening. There's a, there's a certain there's a certain reality, a certain emotional reality that 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 you can build up to. Okay. In a game, right, right. that's awesome because at first you're just rolling dice and killing monsters, and that's all great fun. But at some point, what I like is when that. Or when, when you start role-playing it. Yeah, when you start to really believe in the characters. Right. And start to fear for the characters and feel what the characters are feeling. That Space Age uh, Champions game we drove home one time that Jim was running. Yeah. And you were like, you really got You were like, my character wouldn't I do that. Chris was running that. Was No, no, it was Jim. It was the oh, old yeah, yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Yes. And, um, but the... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking, thinking about the new, new the, one. The new one that Chris ran was Which a Steampunk, Steampunk champion, right. Champions, where that was fun because I had uh, I had splody arrows I, I was an archer, and I could explode things. And uh, but the previous one, I think I was a gypsy fix-it girl, right? That's right. And um, my character in space, in space, and it was great. But uh, but but my favorite thing when I first started playing the D and D game is we'd be sitting around. First of all, to play D and D with your friends at that time, which were Lee and Kevin and David, and and now John, and they have all been playing D and D since they were thirteen. Yes. And so on and off, on and off of them, but yeah. since they were tiny children and or young men anyway. But uh, so but they're mellow. Like, I always think that they're you know, that there's going to be like this sort of um, this bossy sibling kind of thing happening in the game. But they are super supportive of the fact that I never know what I'm doing in well, the game. Here's the thing. We're all adults now, right? <laughs> right. Ostensibly. And we play these games to have fun. Right. Right. And we also know that when we sit down to play a game, we are we are partially responsible for everybody else who sit down to play this game also having fun. Right, because you're adults. Because we're adults. We're all supposed to be having fun. We're all he- there to help each other have fun. Right. We're not just there for our own fun. We're right. there for the group fun. Right, which and, and you've weeded out, I think, anybody who didn't want to have fun yes. to some extent. Because you play with hundreds of people. You have hundreds of, of playdates. Yes. You have playdate friends. Yes, I will play in, a game. In the Los Angeles area, you I'll could probably a find game. a game. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Much like I could find an open mic, you could find a game. I can find a game going on somewhere. Someday. One, one place or another. That's true. I like it. So I've gotten into it. I've gotten into more, more of that. The other weird thing, like, cause the thing is about the Dork Forest is that, that it's, it's stereotypical, you know? People think, when they think Dork Forest, they think video games and science fiction mm-hmm. and fantasy and, and board role playing games, games and, role playing and, games. Yep. and those were none of those things when I was a child. Like, I didn't even, I didn't read science fiction when I was a kid. Well, you, at some point you picked up Lord of the Rings. You've, 19. Oh, okay. I didn't read the Lord of the Rings until I was uh, eighteen so you didn't or nineteen. Did you read any like of the Andre Norton books or the the? Um, um, Who's Andre Norton? I still haven't uh, read Andre Norton. Andre Norton. There was in my junior high. Yes. There were probably twenty excellent science fiction books all written by this woman named Andre Andre Norton. Okay. Um, they were sort of in the Madeline Langle. Uh, um, uh, 
Shoot, what's the name of those books? I've got them right over here. Little House on the Prairie? No, I have no idea what I'm talking Laura about. Ingalls. Laura Ingalls. <laughs> Laura Ingalls is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> the Wrinkle in Time. Oh, The Wrinkle in Time. The Wrinkle in Time. The, and there's a the whole series about, about there, and they're, they're young adult science fiction. I movies. did read Wrinkle in Time, and I didn't get it. Hmm. I hated it. I read oh, it. You might want to reread that. Oh, I did reread it about uh, five or six years ago, and I loved it. And I read all of them: Wind in the Willows and yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah, not Wind in the Willows. No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Welcome to the drinking game. You're close. You're close. Am I? No, it's not, it's not What's exactly Wind right. in the Willows? Wind in the Willows is the is is Mr. Toad. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is based on Wind in the Willows. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, is that another children's book? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. No, Wind in the Willows. Yes, it's a children's book. There we go. So what is, uh, what's the uh, Wrinkle in Time one? Uh, is there a wind? I is just, there a willows? There's a, there's a wind. You've got the wind right, but there's no willows. <laughs> there's no willows. It's, there's it's other trees. There. You could go look it up. I'm not going to up again. I'm going to put it in the notes. That's what's going to happen. That's what you're going to do. That's what's going to happen. We know now. There are everyone sitting at home now going, Jackie, it's this thing. I can't believe you don't know the Wind in the Wrinkle in Time series. And yeah, I read those and I read, um, yeah, I mostly. In, Narnia? I never Lewis? read the Narnia. Oh, really? I read C.S. Lewis in that same class. Right, in college. In 19. Okay. Um, I read... Okay, here's what happened is... Because I read those in junior high. Yeah, it, and, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, also right. 18. Almost too late too to late read. Too late for that, because it's, nope. it's really meant for... For the, to the for the ironic teenager, right, and for when you discover sarcasm, yes. turns out I didn't truly discover sarcasm until eighteen or nineteen, until I started doing stand-up comedy. I was a very, very—I don't know if I was a serious child or I don't know what my deal was, but when I, uh, what happened is I went to college, eighteen. In between that first summer, I went and stayed with my brother Phil for the summer in Minneapolis. And and he's a big dork too. Well, he gave me the Lord of the Rings. Right, he said. What do you mean you've never read The Lord of the Rings? <laughs> and so he gave them to me, and I it devoured them. Sure. And then his wife, Margaret Boyer, gave me The Dragon Riders of Pern. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Which I, I also read it de- like 14 or so. devoured those. And then she, was, then she was thrown for a loop, and she gave me those leper books. Ugh. It was bad. It was, it was, it was trouble. Some people love them. Some, <laughs> Some people, people love them. them. The not Neil... Not Neil Stevenson. He wrote Zodiac and, and right. Neuroman, not Neuromancer. What did he write? The, um, um, he wrote Zodiac was my favorite yeah, one, yeah, but Snow Crash, Snow I think. Crash. Yeah. So it isn't Neil Stevenson, but it's somebody right. else. Neuromancer it's Stephen. William Gibson. It might be Steve Nielsen. <laughs> it's, it isn't. But it's Stephen. Yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about. I can't think of the names of them Yeah, right but the, the Thomas Covenant books, yes, I think they're that's, called. Yeah, that's the main character's name. And he, I didn't like those. No. But I, I wanted like to either. like them because I had liked Lord of the Rings and I the think Dragon a lot of my friends liked them quite a bit. Right. A lot of the Enigma folk. Oh, right. And they, they enjoyed them. Right. And I was just like, dude, if you're somewhere where you're not in pain, if that's the blue pill or whatever you've eaten, uh, why don't you embrace that and stop being a sad sack is what I kept thinking. I was like, you know, if someone could transport me and I found out that I was in a coma, <laughs> right. it would be a bummer. But I wouldn't spend my whole time going, I wonder if I'm in a coma. Now, like Dune was another one that that, that, that I yes. got at an early age. I got that one from Phil as well. Mm-hmm. So I and I read the first three, and I couldn't do it anymore. And it, then, it was a lot. It got to be a lot. Right. And then I took the class. I took the Lord of the Rings class. It was a class on Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, and Charles. <clears throat> I will put it in the notes. But he wrote. Uh, he was the other Inkling, and he hung out with the other two guys. And, and will always be known as the other Inkling. <laughs> 
he will. He will be known as that. And his writing was just, it was, was excellent as well, but he didn't write a trilogy, and the publisher, there's no way that he could have, would have allowed the pub, there's no way. <laughs> but I, so, like, in high school, I read, um, I, I, I read all the, I, I read mysteries, and I read all of, um, the Louis L'Amour novels, and I read uh, a lot. I, I read a lot of sort of murder mysteries and Louis L'Amour novels. Those were sort of the decent books that I was reading. And then I read some romance novels, and then I read some... What were the other things I read? It was like, oh, those mercenary war novels. I had a, I had a weird job where I'd make seven bucks a week um, when I was in junior high, and it was right across the street from the hobby shop. I would clean my, my stepmother's... Uh, uh, she cut hair hairdressing salon. So I would clean the salon. She'd give me $7. And then I'd go over to the hobby shop and I would usually buy like a Spider-Man comic book and, um, the, uh, a, a, a mercenary novel set in, oh, I was re- I read a lot of Len Dayton. I don't know if you ever read any Len Dayton. No, no one Who's was more this? disappointed, uh, when the, the Berlin wall fell than Len Dayton. Cause he wrote cold All war cold political war. <laughs> thrillers. Yeah, he could still write them. Sure. He would just have to, you know, cause just set him, set KGB past, guys right? now it's well, eh, or KGB officers are running loosey goosey looking for work. Right. Oh, right. The ex KGB. Right. Cause mm-hmm. now that became its own genre for a while, if I remember correctly. Sure. And, so filter me on all that stuff, and then and then I try to read. Like I can't. I don't like fantasy as much as I like science fiction. Like I like science fiction a little bit better, but I like my science fiction to be kind of light. So fantastical science fiction. Well, it's it's honestly, if you're a big Tolkien fan, yeah, it's kind of hard to read fantasy because it's been hacked so bad. Because or? it's been hacked so bad. Exactly. You have to read. There's a lot. It all owes so much to Tolkien. Right. And Tolkien owns so much to, I don't know, Grendel. Well, yeah, or... I mean, but he, you know, he's gone. He 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 went back to these original sources. No, I mean, not always. I mean, there's some, there's other writers. Um, I may have to go pick up another book off the off my bedside. Go table. for it. So the book I was trying to remember, uh, Lord Dunsany, the King of Elfland's Daughter. Uh, this was written pre-Tolkien, and it's fantasy. Okay. And so you know, it was written pre-Tolkien. Pre-Tolkien. Well, I mean, everybody had a pen, I suppose. I don't know why I have to be surprised. That right, but they anyone... were, you know, this is closer to being a fairy tale story. Okay. Than, like, the elves and dwarves. And, like, he was the only one. He was the one who puts who puts all the elves and dwarves together into some sort of cohesive world. Okay. Like a fantasy world, that, high, that classic high fantasy world. And, like, D&D is played in, and, like, all of these stories are set in and all that. Right. That was that's Tolkien do it who who basically who did took that? all of these uh, disparate elements and put them all together into and here's a world where they all live. I can't wait to ask the Tolkien professor about all this stuff. Oh, you're gonna have him on? Yeah, I'm gonna have him on, but I have to figure out how to record oh, via that'll Skype. Be excellent. <laughs> yeah, that'll be excellent. I'm told so, it's very easy, but I want the quality. So, King of Elfland's daughter, you know, a guy. The King of Elfland's daughter, introduction by Neil Gaiman. Uh, and a and a blurb by H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> Two people, by the way, that you introduced me to: Neil Gaiman and sure. H.P. Lovecraft. Not not directly. I, I introduced no. you to their work. To maybe. their works. It's true. I would love to introduce you to Neil Gaiman, but I need to be introduced to Neil Gaiman. <laughs> we are uh, like two degrees from Neil Gaiman on any number. Los Angeles is full of people who love Neil Gaiman. It's and, true. And, and like to, Neil Day. I know people who know Neil Gaiman. And, and love and... to brag about it, too. They're like, you know who I, I know? Neil Gaiman. <laughs> you know what I like to brag about? The fact that I, I met Ed Brubaker. <laughs> and uh, you were like, you almost flew to Seattle to meet Ed Brubaker, but you had to work. I almost did. 
But next time he comes, if he wants to do the show again, you, he can come on and he could talk about his noir stuff. That's the other thing. I read a lot of noir because mm-hmm. I like the I like the I don't like spooky, but I don't mind murder mystery kind of stuff. And right. his and his noir stuff is like Dashiell Hammett and Raymond Chandler and and all that stuff. So it ended up being a lot easier for me to read those things. I don't know why it's a lot easier. It's it isn't scary, but it's it's, it's tense and there's it's some good. tension, but it's really good. And and those noir things usually end up where I know that the good guys are going to win. I have a hard time with a book oh, that I so don't you, know. If you know, it's going to be okay at the end. It helps. Okay. I will oftentimes, if there's a very tension-filled film that I'm going to be forced to watch. Did you ever read Galapagos? Uh, Kurt Vonnegut. You know what? I never. Uh, I did. I did. I did That's read it. One. He um, he does something that I think that you would appreciate in that book, where before anybody dies in the story, oh, he always puts he puts an asterisk <laughs> next to their name, so so you know he you know the, the story is told chronologically, and, right? And six hours or twelve hours or whatever amount of time before he, they before they kick the bucket in his story, he I puts ju- an asterisk next to their name, That's so right. that you're not. So that you know. So, so that you're you not so that, shocked. Right. And here's the weird thing, though, about that whole entire book, because I did just reread that. I tried to read it uh, probably 10 years ago, and I left it on a subway in New York City. And I never got it again until recently. And so I just read that book about four or five months ago. And it's Vonnegut at his sad sack worse, quite honestly. Funny and sad at the same time. Because he's and like, oh, we're all doomed. Did you know that? But it'll be okay because we're all going to turn into hairy otters. That's right. And uh, <laughs> Which is your Patronus. Which is my Patronus because I did the Patronus app on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are out there. You know, I kind of want to get into Pottermore, but I kind of don't want to get into Pottermore because then I'll be into Pottermore. Now, what is Pottermore? Pottermore is J.K. Rowling's um, new Harry oh, Potter world. It's the online... It's the online world. Like MMO... Kind of, yeah. And it's got bulletin boards and it's got supposedly access to hundreds of thousands of words that she edited out. Because, you know, as the Harry Potter books went on, nobody was editing. Everybody was like, oh, my God, JK, you are such a genius. No, no, every word. Every word is gold. So she had to do her own editing is what you're saying? Yeah, she did her own editing and uh, obviously came up with a lot of other stuff. I am kind of interested in that book. Who wrote it? Lord Dunsany. A guy named Lord Dunsany? Well, he's a lord. Oh, he was a lord. He was a lord. (laughs) So his name is like Bill Dunsany. His name was, yeah, Bill. (laughs) Billy Joe Dunsany. (laughs) William Dunsany, lord of the manor? Lord of what? Uh, I believe he was lord of Dunsany. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) Very possibly. (laughs) Is it good? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah, well, I, that might it's be a, something it's I can read. About a knight who goes off to uh, goes into the fairy worlds, and he has to, you know, he has to get a sword that'll get him into the fairy worlds, and then, you know, so it's it's basically an extended fairy story. And okay. That's where, so my point, I brought it in, brought it in minutes ago, and now we're coming back around to it. Yeah. Is that is that one of the traditions that Tolkien was lifting from? was this sort of fairy story tradition. But other people had already been writing in that and, and already starting to, like, turn those into, at the time, modern novels. Okay. And Interesting. This was, this was one of them. Right. And it was written in, what, the 20s or 24, the teens? 1924. Because, um, well, that is, that is that is interesting. There's so many. This house actually has a great number of books that I've never read. And, uh, and this is one of them. And now, and I've never seen this book in this house. But we have a lot of books, I suppose. He just not paid attention to it because it was on my bedside table for months. Okay, and um, well, I have you know I have Wolf Hall sitting over there, and then 
that book by that Lebanese author on top of it, uh, the something of Beatrice, and I want to read both of them, and then oh, I have to, uh, I have to. A shout out to whoever signed us up for Science Fiction and Fantasy Magazine. Todd. Todd Mason. Awesome. Thank you very much, Todd. <laughs> right, I've you're been, liking... I've been enjoying those. and Because and, and, uh, I don't read a lot of short stories. I, I just don't. I mean, it's, it's not the genre that I go... But you like short stories. I like short stories, and I also I also have been reading and enjoying the, the book reviews, and it's oh. been giving me good ideas for uh, more books that we might enjoy. <laughs> right. Which is awesome. And, and there's... I mean, I have the Game of Thrones books that I'm never going to read that are sitting over there. Things that haunt me. Uh, I did just finish reading the second book in that Cherub series. It, I like a I like a children's. I like a young adult title. I like a young adult novel as well. I don't mind I don't mind a Bildungsroman as they say. A Who story says that? that's a that's a, a type of story about coming of age. It's basically a coming of age story. How do you spell that? Uh, it's German. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. I'll look it up, put it in the notes. B I L D U N G R O M A N, I think. Okay. I like it. And it's uh yeah, because I love a coming of age story, of course. And then um, the cherub books are about twelve, you know, essentially ten to seventeen-year-old uh, British children that are uh, sucked into MI5. Well, you like a story about kids who are who turn out to be ex- exceptionally skilled at something so, <laughs> and, and fighting adults and fighting adults. You like, I mean, that was you like the Orson Scott card. Oh, Ender's Game. Ender's Game books. Yeah. It's that That's I love kind it of when the a, same. it's a seven-year-old that really shows all the adults that they're wrong. And because yeah. uh, when I was La seven, Nikita. La Femme Nikita, that's it. It's I, I, I still want to be stolen away and made to be made fit. It might happen. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> might that be for my fiftieth birthday? You're like Jackie. You're you're going to be con- you're going to have to do crunches. I'm like, no, I'm going to throw up. Actually, it's uh, <laughs> isn't there a way I can simulate this? You won't know. I just you won't read- know. You'll just it'll just be a van. But Robert Muchamore wrote these uh, wrote these cherub books, and I've only read two of them. And that kid in Australia that we met, the fourteen year old, turned me onto them. And they aren't all. I mean, I could get them all from Amazon, but I kind of wanted the British versions, and I couldn't find the British versions. So I finally brought an American version, and then I just stared at it in disdain for a month, <laughs> and then finally read it. And it turns out they're no different. It's just it's, the covers are different. There's a there's a couple of extra U's somewhere. I'm yeah, sure, I'm. Yeah, they. I think that they and color color is with a U, yeah. and they call them jumpers. They probably got and you know. <laughs> The the er reversed in theater, and they didn't. They didn't even though it was like it's sort of like the Harry Potter books where they finally were like, well, kids will figure it out. They'll figure oh, out what, what we mean. It's it's like kids. They really do assimilate super fast. Yes. much more than adults do, and it's like the Cars game. Besides, where like, besides like one very short, somewhat awkward conversation where the kid goes to mom and said, "Why is there this extra you in this in this word?" and mom have to, has to say. It's a British spelling. Uh, the, the British spell things differently. <laughs> I don't know. And then the kid will go back. It's, I'll tell you, uh, oh, I read a lot in junior and in grade school. I read a lot of uh, dog books. And it was there was a, a guy named Jim K. Yelgard who wrote, uh, they were dog books about you know boys and their dogs. And they would go out and have uh, adventures in the woods. And like My Side of the Mountain, I read Fun. that. Yeah, all always good. But there, one of the dogs, there were a lot of Irish setter books that I read one one year. Irish setters are nice dogs. They are very nice dogs. Do you like an Irish setter? I do. All right. They're and big. They're big. And if I if we got a dog, I would want a big dog. Yes. I like the silence of, if we got a dog. <laughs> if we got a dog. 
and the silence that ensues where you because i've told if we I, lived in a different life if we had a different life where i like dogs you love dogs dog. you've always had animals and pets in your life and yes. he, here's the thing and i've explained to the dork listeners the rangers of the dork forest that uh that we do not have a dog because you would have a dog I would have a dog. I am always on the road. Right. And then you would have to walk a dog and take care of a dog. And not that you don't love dogs because you genuinely. I, I do. I do love dogs, but I also love my own free time. Right. And, and a, dog... a dog would eat into. Right. Tiberius, really good barely, with some solo barely, time. Barely enters into my free time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. He's very well taken care of. He is very well taken care of if anyone's worried about Tiberius. He's very nice. <laughs> if Henry Lizard Lover is out there listening. Now's the time. But here's the scoop, though, is I learned, I did not know how to say that one of the Irish setters was named Sean, S-E-A-N. Oh, scene. And so I called him Scene for a long time until I was talking to my stepmother and Nancy was like, they named the dog Scene? Because I was talking to her about the dog. I was telling her about the dog and the adventures of the dog. And she was very polite about the whole thing, if I remember correctly. Well done, parenting. And finally... She was like, are you sure the dog's name is Seen? And I said, yeah. And she said, can I see the book? And she goes, the dog's name is Sean, Jackie. She, uh, he named the dog Sean. It's an Irish spelling of a name, the Sean. And I was like, well, I don't think I can change. I still call that dog Seen in my head because it was too many. What about other what, what about other Seans? Now that you know other Seans that spell, have their oh, name. Oh, S-H-A-U-N? Or S-E-A-N. No, I'm asking about Oh, no, no. S-E-A-N's I, in our life. No, if I meet some. a man whose name's Sean <laughs> and it's spelled S-E-A-N, I, uh, I, I don't ever think about it, the spelling of the name and I just call okay. him Sean. Oh, okay. Right. If you want me to call you, I don't know, Elliot Ness, I'll do whatever you need me to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. What do you think about Elliot Ness Ashcraft? It's not bad. All it's right. not bad. All right. I don't know that we can give your dad the... Uh, oh, oh, he would just... He would be beside himself. He would. And too much, then too much. still never care. Still never want to meet that <laughs> child. No, no. I think I think that if we if we named our child after... After dad, him? He would move in. Oh, my God. Then let's A. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't, actually. I think that you're overestimating his interest in himself. He would still... He, he would be polite if point. he met the I baby. Think that's the point. Oh, because it would be more of himself? It would be more. It would be a little version of himself. I don't know. Like, I should ask my dad when I interview him if he, if tell he had him, an tell opportunity. Tell him you're pregnant. And tell him you're gonna, we're going to name, we decided to name the kid. <laughs> and see how long it takes him to come up with the idea of moving out here. It's never going to, I don't, it's not happening. Elliot Cation will never want to meet our child. It's not that he doesn't. I try not to take it personally. He doesn't want to meet Darla's kids. He doesn't want to meet any of them. Phil, Russ, Terry, Scott. Scott doesn't have any children. But he, I mean, it's it's nothing personal. He just doesn't like children. <laughs> it feels personal only because you're related. And he would be the grandfather in this scenario. Right, you would want him to. You would want him to meet to your child. somehow and, give a shit. Yeah, and and, and, and he, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Right. He doesn't mind them when they're around 12. Because then he can light them up. Right. Then, well, then that's, that's just good times. <laughs> that's just a button really, pushing. He, he wants to be an uncle. Yes. Yes. And as an only child, he never got to be an uncle. Oh, that's sad now. <laughs> You're the nicest man on the planet and very dangerous. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. There's another thing. I'm changing the subject slightly. I understand we have about 10 minutes left to go. <laughs> yes, we have about 10. Oh, do we have about 10 minutes left to go? <laughs> I think we have about 10 minutes left. Uh 
I, uh, I, 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 I dragged you into the comic book store for the first time. In yes. Your life. Yes. That and, was uh, you, because the only thing I ever bought prior to that were Spider-Mans, and I got over them once I turned 16. Well, that's something. So, you know, you had, you had had some comic book lore in your life. A little bit. You know, as a teenager. And I liked the movies and, and the cartoons a little bit. But what, what I found interesting about this, like, when I dragged you in, you, you started gravitating towards comics that I don't buy. Such as? Well, you found and and discovered things like um uh were they in they weren't indie they weren't necessarily indie, but they were not superhero right because you, you were towards you you gravitated towards these things and they were it turns out they were excellent, and I was glad that you did because then i then I right. got to read those things like like uh why the last man why the last man had been going on for several years before before we started picking it up, and we picked it up because of you okay. And I feel like we got in excellent. on the Why the Last Man super, like, very near the beginning. Well, maybe it was, but it, it wasn't at the beginning. Ex Machina we got in on the Ex beginning. Ex Machina we got in at the beginning because it was the same writer. Oh, okay. And then um, High, that high school one? Yeah, that was another one that you, you gravitated the, towards. The Howard we, the Duck one? Yeah, that it guy. was, yeah, uh, Steve Gerber um, was writing, what was it called? It was um, a Columbine High School thing. And it was dark. You'll look it up. I will look it up. It'll be in the it'll be in the notes. It'll be in the notes. Um, and it was you know, dark, dark sort of not superhero stuff, but real world e kind of things. Right, and then it and then it went into the supernatural. Right, or it once went he into was science in... fiction, like why the last man sort of had a science fiction thing going on. Did it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's about a a, a disease that takes over the oh the, the virus that, that kills kill everybody and then, every male mammal. So it's on like the it's like it's like future. Except for that slacker kid, right? The magician, the contortionist. <laughs> but uh, you know that's uh, that's that's sort of science fictiony, right? Right, and, it's true. And the uh, and the Columbine kid one that went that super. Well, that was this. It was supernatural. Yeah, it got all supernaturally because he had a an, um, some sort of god, like a, a Mayan yeah, like a god spirit, that was inside of him, a spirit guide of some sort that would, that he could that he could release and go visit his around. mom or something because <laughs> he was only fifteen. So, so that was that was interesting to me that 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 you you had your own you even though I was bringing you into the comic book store for the first time in probably twenty years, right? You had your own aesthetics about what you liked right and i and i found and i found new things yeah, cause, yeah and i wouldn't have gone into a comic book store like i never and you exposed me to these things because i wouldn't have picked them up normally right like because i had tried to go into comic book stores before but without a sherpa it's really hard to figure out where to start yeah you kind of need a guide and there's no way to figure out like even how the comic books like every comic book store is also set up differently like it's not like a bookstore where you're like, well, this is science fiction. This is this is that. Some of them don't even separate it by Marvel and DC. You know, some of it's just like, no, it's all here's all the new stuff, right? And it's all mixed together with Vertigo and Image and and all the different things together. And you're like, well, that's not. What if I was looking for? And you don't know what you're looking for. So, but it was interesting um, to get into comic books, and I am so on board now. I oh mean, yeah, because I think before you went to the comic book store last week when I couldn't just to look at the comics. <laughs> I went on Wednesday to just to pull stuff because I didn't want to miss anything, and then I put it in your pull fa- file, and then we'll go on Sunday. I love that about you. 
I love because because pro- when before you met me, your pull list was probably I don't know what did you get like twenty titles oh, a, a, a month or forty? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, because we it, end it, up getting would, a lot. We get we get a lot. We get a lot of comics. Like 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 when we're when we're poor again. Yes, uh, that's got to be the first to go. Oh, it it always is. Yeah. It is. Because no, it's, it's easy to go, oh, yeah, we don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need seven different X-Men titles. Right. Why are I'm, there seven different X-Men titles? I don't know, but they've, they've, they've done a nice job recently of, of sucking me back into them. Because I was out. I was out for a long it's time. It's true. I had, I had learned that I could live without X-Men. And right. then they slowly, just recently, with good writing, have mm-hmm. sucked me mm-hmm. back in. It's that X-Factor. It's a gateway drug. Peter I think so. David. Peter, Peter David's David. X Factor is a, definitely a, a, the one that's it's the it's the best one. Honestly, it's the. I wonder if they've collected from from the beginning with him. Well, we have them all. No, no, I know. But if we wanted to recommend them for people's. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I suspect that they have. Yeah, yeah. X Factor. Peter David's X Factor is. Uh, yeah, it'd be a good one to start with if you can if you can find it in collected form. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's. Members of 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 the X Men who have stopped have decided to stop being superheroes and start being a private detective organization. And it's run specializing by specializing in superhero crimes. Exactly, like Bendis's powers, kind of, or uh, Brubaker's Incognito, right? And the fact that there's like superheroes or superpowers in a world where everybody has superpowers, or every- enough people have superpowers to make them. To make them sort of like, yeah, we've got to deal with this. I think Top Ten was the first one that, that you sent me on the road with. Oh, yeah, yeah. Top was Ten's it, excellent. Was that Alan, Alan Moore? Moore? Yep. And uh, where the, it was very Hill Street Blues. Well, the, yeah, it was <laughs> It was written to be Hill Street Blues in a world where everyone, everyone has superpowers. <laughs> Not just superheroes, but everyone. Everybody on the street. Everyone the, walking around, and some of them are lame. The plumbers. <laughs> the plumbers got superpowers. Everybody's got superpowers. Which is an Orson Scott card um, that uh, one of his series has where magic is real. Everyone's magic is very specific. Like, someone's just really good at baking. Or right, someone so has, is a well, firebug. Those are superpowers. Yeah, those are I superpowers. I mean, that's not magic. That's superpowers. Right. All right. It seems our time is up. <laughs> it's been I've an been, hour? Been, the producer, has it already been an hour? The producer's given me the... Uh, our, our intern, Tiberius, has our already Our intern, given... Tiberius, is giving me the, the wrap-it-up sign, and it's been a pleasure to have you on as the guest guest. <laughs> it's been... Uh, this has been a very special version a, of the Dork Forest, where I am interviewed about my own dorkdoms. I expected that it, it would go into more of a flashback sort of episode, where you, ooh, I would tell you... I, I would get you to talk ooh, about your favorite Dork Forest episodes, but I think we'll save that one for another time. Perhaps next Christmas. Maybe maybe in the 10th year. Oh. Well, it has been lovely being a guest here on the Dork Forest. Would you come back sometime and do it again? <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. Maybe next time we'll have a different guest guest host. So, who is next on the on the hit list in terms of who who's next get who's scheduled next for the for Dark Forest. Who's coming uh, up? I don't know. Uh, the only person I know who wants to also do this, interview me about my dorkdoms, is Maria Bamford. All right. And Another so guest that. host. Yes. Well, and, that'll uh, be fun. Thank you, and uh, enjoy. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?